Hello and welcome back to Free Indeed. To be honest, this is my second time. Um, actually, my, maybe my third, my third time doing this episode. The first time, I kept tripping over my words. <laughs> the second time, um, I read this and I was really not as much confused, but kind of like angry and not happy with the. <laughs> The words like it didn't sit right with me so i had to go read some commentary on this because <laughs> it just felt i don't know you'll see in a second you'll see all right here we go first john three we're just gonna do the first 10 verses because there's, there's a lot so look at how great a love the father has given us that we should be called god's children and we are the reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know him Dear friends, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him as he is. And everyone who has his hope in him purifies himself, just as Christ is pure. Everyone who commits sin also breaks the law. Sin is the breaking of the law. You know that he was revealed so that he might take away sins. And there is no sin in him. Everyone who remains in him does not sin. Everyone who sins has not seen him or known him. Little children, do not let no one deceive you. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as Christ is righteous. The one who commits sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the devil's works. Everyone who has been born of God does not sin, because his seed remains in him. He is not able to sin, because he has been born of God. This is how God's children and the devil's children are made evident. So, as you can see, I try, I tried to throw in some Christ instead of him, because a lot of hymns, um, obviously, it's just the, the way that it was written. Now, we typically would focus more on, um, like, how we use gender and stuff, but typically reading um ways you know book bibles whatever things that you could read books typically read by men so it was everything was hymns including talking about us um so that can be a bit confusing so it might help you to um read along as you listen to this if you didn't already um probably should have said that before but anyways i'm gonna say what this commentary says before we pray because i find it really important this is not me teaching, but me trying to clarify, because for me, this was really hard to read, even with a a grasp on what they were saying, because it sounds so counter gospel, right? Like if you, if you sin, then you're not actually a follower of Christ. Like that, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> like, and, and I, I know that's not what he was trying to say from the very beginning, but even then it still was like, what, what? Um, sometimes Sometimes the Bible makes itself a little bit hard. I feel like, <laughs> like I feel like it could have. I feel like it could be written. Like John could have written this a little bit clearer, but it says right here in this commentary it says it is very important to understand what the Bible means and what it does not mean when it says "does not sin." So this is talking about verse six, I believe. 
Everyone who remains in him does not sin. Everyone who sins has not seen him or known him. It says, when it says does not sin, according to the verb tense John uses, does not sin means does not live a lifestyle of habitual sin. John has already told us in 1 John 1.8, so in this book already, said in 1 John 1.8, if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. In 1 John 1.8, the grammar indicates John is speaking about occasional acts of sin. The grammar of 1 John 3.6 indicates that John is speaking of a settled, continual, continued lifestyle of sin. John is not teaching here the possibility of sinless perfection. So this is the EnduringWord.com. Um, I have commentary and stuff. That, that was, I think that was really well said. Um, and for me, it definitely made me feel better about reading this. Because when I was reading this, and I was reading, and I was like, that doesn't, well, that doesn't seem right. I mean, I've read First John before. I don't remember ever uh, being like, what? You know, I'd send. Um, and and the Holy and the Holy Spirit, the work that God does in your heart. I mean, if you follow Christ, you you know this. You've been transformed. the The work that it does in your heart, yeah. I mean, it it really changes you. Um, and those things that. Those fleshly desires, they lose their power 100%. But that doesn't mean that we never sin. Like, <laughs> that is not at all true. And I mean, in First John 1 8, in this exact same book, it says, We're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us if we say we don't sin. Because we do sin, and that's why we need Jesus. That's what makes the gospel so great is we don't have to live up to that. But it's also true that we can't say that we were we are in Christ or that we know God if we are living in continuous, habitual, unrepentant sin. 100%. It's, it's amazing. Um, I, I, pray, I praise God for this because there's so much freedom in us not being good enough not having to earn, not being able to earn our salvation. But yet, in the accountability of the Holy Spirit and knowing Christ, that we aren't able or shouldn't be or don't have the desire to be living in habitual, continuous, unrepentant sin. So let's, let's, let's pray. Let's talk to God. Hey, Father. Hey, God. I uh, I want to thank you for the for your word today, and I want to thank you for people that take time, that take resources, energy, money, all of this stuff to write these commentaries that help use the grammar and the the tenses and the the Greek and the the languages that that this book that you've given us is written in to help us to understand you better, to clarify things. I thank you for these people. I put so much time and effort and energy into it. And I thank you for your word and the freedom that you have given us by us not being able to or having to measure up. The freedom of the gospel that we might know you that we might have a restored relationship with you, not through our own doing or through our own acts, but by your sacrifice and by who you are. 
We thank you for that today. And we ask that your spirit would be in us and guide us, convict us to live righteously in a way that is pleasing to you and in a way that draws us closer to you. All of this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, let's be free today knowing that Jesus paid the price. Now we are free from habitual, continuous acts of sin. <laughs> We're still going to mess up. And I'm I sure know I'm not, probably not speaking to somebody that's uh, never messed up before. If you think you've never messed up before, I think you should go back a few episodes. But while we should feel convicted and understand that our sin is wrong and pushes, detaches us from the love of God, and, so, and not, not detaches us from the love of God, nothing can separate us from the love of God. I misspoke there. Excuse me. Our sin is saying, whether we know it or not, or whether we believe it or not, that, hey, we don't trust you, God. Like, we're going to do this with our life, even though you've told us that that's not right, or that we shouldn't do that. Sin fractures our love relationship with God. That's what I meant to say. We can't have a perfect love relationship with God and sin being in our lives and in our world simultaneously. So we know that the expectation and the hope for the future is that we will live without sin and in perfect relationship with God. So let's go be free today from sin, from shame. Show others the freedom that's found in not having to be good enough, not having to measure up, but living in grace, living on grace and mercy. And may the shalom of Jesus be with you today. Amen and amen.